I have to thank uh, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, the Maradasra, the uh, spiritual leader of Congregation Avasachim at A. Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey. He uh, connected me to our next guest, who is the author of a brand new book. Gregory Zuckerman is with us. The book is entitled A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for a COVID-19 vaccine. Gregory Zuckerman is a special writer at the Wall Street Journal where he writes about business, economic, and investing topics. He's a three-time winner of the Gerald Loeb Award, the highest honor in business journalism, regularly appears on different media outlets to discuss business, and is author of The Greatest Trade Ever, The Frackers, and The Man Who Solved the Market. Plus, of course, now author of A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for a covid 19 vaccine. Gregory Zuckerman, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Hey, great to be here. I I would imagine there are a lot of answers to the question of when did research begin on the COVID-19 vaccine? Well, there are, and in my book, I describe them. I mean, it's a long story, and it's a reassuring story uh, in a lot of ways. Um, One uh, could get nervous uh, because in 300, literally 330 days from the sequencing of this virus, when it was released in January 2020, 330 days later, we had a vaccine um, that we were rolling out. So one might get a little wary about that. But um, I was reassured because when you dig into the research and you learn about the history and you talk to the scientists who produced this thing, you realize that the work didn't go back years. It went back decades in terms of developing the approaches that led to these vaccines. So I came away pretty reassured, frankly. Are there are there aspects of this that the you know average people like me uh, can appreciate in terms of what was developed 10, 20, or 30 years ago? Was, it, was there a, a specific uh, part of this medication that's in the vaccine or a specific type of uh, apparatus that was used? Like, is there, what, what was done years ago where people kept saying to us, don't worry, this vaccine research did not start when COVID began, but it really began so much earlier? Well, the key is this uh, mRNA, um, messenger RNA. And what's fascinating is that there were few um, unlikely scientists uh, around the world who said, you know what, we think this molecule can be the basis of a vaccine or, or a drug. And most everybody else kind of dismissed them, ignored them, mocked them, said, don't waste your time on mRNA for, for various reasons. I'll, I'll make it quite simple, but mRNA is a molecule. We all have it in our body. It plays a really important role delivering instructions to the cells to develop proteins but it gets chopped up really quickly it gets eliminated it's a very short-lived molecule so all the experts said don't waste your time on something that gets eliminated by the body and some really persistent scientists some of whom um one came from israel i write about him uh, in my book others from all over the other parts of the world um mostly americans and they said you know what we're going to ignore the the conventional wisdom and we're going to ignore the experts and to their credit they persisted and that's kind of what i write about the, the years of work where they ignore the experts and they made headway and like you said there are little things along the way they had to uh encase in, in, in this this molecule to get it into the body so that the body won't chop it up and it was there were kind of a different trial and error and it took work but um there was a lot of drama behind the scenes that i kind of figured out and, and present to people in the book 
Wow. Uh, and the speed with which it happened, and again, you described it as less than a year, right, from the time that the COVID-19 vaccine, uh, excuse me, COVID-19 uh, pandemic began until the vaccine was rolled out. It's when you think about it, and I know in the context of history, obviously, there are times when vaccines took four or five or more years, and obviously there was an era when there are no vaccines. But when you think about it, we, we have to appreciate living in this era and having something be developed with the speed that it was developed. When you're, yeah. when, when you're doing all this research... And you hear, uh, you know, a lot of talking heads on TV and radio and all through the web. And you hear, you know, average people in shul and other places, you know, giving their expertise about why this vaccine is good or no good or why they opt to take it or opt not to take it. I mean, do you roll your eyes a little bit because your level of research into this thing, which concluded, I believe, you'll tell me if I'm right, uh, that you have great faith in the vaccine, you know, has a tremendous amount of uh, a tremendous number of hours of, of research behind it. And when you hear, you know, people out there with no expertise in this area deciding, you know, what they think is the right thing, it must drive you a little crazy. Listen, I, it, no, because if I hadn't done this research, I would be just as skeptical as the next guy in shul who kind of says something to me that, hey, I'm, I'm a little worried about this vaccine. So I, it probably would have been me had I not put all this research and talked to the, the scientists within Moderna, within BioNTech, within Pfizer, all in, within government agencies, et cetera. So I, I empathize with that concern. But what, one thing I really come away with from the book is Hakaratov. You've got to realize this is modern science's greatest uh, accomplishment. And um, had this virus, it, I don't think we realize, had this virus arisen just a few years ago, let's say, I don't know, 2016, right. 2017, we would not have been ready. So the fact that these scientists were ready because of all that, those years of work I talk about is something we really need to appreciate that, um, that they, we, we, you know, Hashem put them in the position to, to be able to save us. Um, and these vaccines um, are remarkable. They're, they're, they're something that I don't think anybody would have predicted uh, just a few years ago. So, uh, and one thing people need to also appreciate is the reason why there was such speed involved, why we we're able to roll them out so quickly um, in 2020, 2021, is because there was a lot of money out there to support these vaccines from the government, um, and that would be the Trump administration, from scientists earlier, from private investors. So as a result, we were able to test them, develop them, and manufacture them at the same time. And that's never been done before. So we didn't cut corners. They tested them in, 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 in thousands of people before they were rolled out. But it was because it was, there was so much money out there. Uh, thank God. So you don't, Gregory Zuckerman's with us. He's the author of the book, A Shot to Save the World, the inside story of the life or death race for COVID-19 vaccines. So you don't take it upon yourself to convince people to take the vaccine. I mean, it's no secret that there are plenty of people in every community around the country uh, that are quote-unquote anti-vaxxers and are very skeptical about this vaccine. Um, I mean, I, I've had three shots, so you know, I'm not one of them. Uh, but you don't take it upon yourself to uh, the, the role of trying to convince them that this vaccine is, in fact, uh, you know, on the up and up. So I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I am not out to persuade anyone. But um, you can't come away from my book without um, being reassured that uh, it was years of research that went into these vaccines. They weren't thrown together quickly. They didn't cut corners. And they're very serious-minded scientists. The people I write about, and my book is really about the people. Who, who are the people that create these vaccines, that um, got behind them, that championed them? And they're human. They're um, ambitious. 
Um, sometimes they want to get rich and famous, um, but they also want to save our lives. They're very mixed characters, and they're not out to hurt. So in some ways, I was very much reassured by talking to these people and doing the research. And I'm a skeptical journalist, so I went in with a lot of questions. But no, it's not my job to convince anyone. Um, I do believe in them. Um, I've had my booster, and um, the data is really very persuasive. But it's also very persuasive when you get a chance to talk to the pioneers and the champions, that these are serious-minded scientists who are really out to help us. And do they make mistakes? Sure. Do the government officials make mistakes? Definitely. Um, but all things being equal, um, we've got to really just be appreciative. And I don't think, we, I think we're too close to it. We don't realize the, the, how remarkable these things are, these vaccines, and how these people stepped up. And uh, they, behind the scenes, they've been going 24-7 just to try to create these things. So I'm, I'm appreciative of that. Right. So, I mean, skeptics would say that there's it's a tremendous industry with a uh, you know with a lot of financial reward and and as you know sometimes there are people who roll their eyes when they hear that you know a booster is necessary or a fourth vaccine may be necessary because you know many people realize and conclude that uh, you know if you follow the money trail there are a lot of people out there who are making a tremendous amount of money on those decisions so there's like a you know it, it, it's it, it's sometimes hard to separate uh, the the skepticism, the benefit that one looks at that, you know, some may be obtaining from this whole process uh, from the science and from the, uh, you know, the life-saving aspect of the entire thing. I agree. And listen, I'm a journalist. I work at the Wall Street Journal. My, uh, <laughs> a lot of what I do is kind of try to be skeptical. And I've written stories about big pharma, about Wall Street, about accounting firms. And, you know, there are a certain percentage of every industry where you have to be skeptical and people are doing things maybe with not the proper motivations, but the bulk of the people that I've talked to, the researchers in the government labs, the academics behind some of these approaches, the the executives even at these companies. I mean, I know people with stage four cancer who've come into Moderna and um, and just wanted to save lives. And they've been working so far, so hard over the past year to develop more. And, and they're kicking themselves. They say, we, we wish we had been able to produce more of these vaccines. And to, to, see, to hear their frustration when they see people who, who point, forget about not being resistant and, and not wanting to take these vaccines, they point fingers at them and they accuse them of, of doing things improperly. And it makes them sad. So listen, I am, I'm close to my subject. I'm close to these scientists, and I've been reassured by my research from my book. Uh, A couple of things you point out in terms of the bigger picture. One is how government and private industry can work together, because if not for this partnership, we wouldn't be at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's unique um, how it all came together. Um, Operation Warp Speed was really effective for all kinds of different reasons. It it wrote big checks to to the companies, and that allowed them to manufacture vaccines before they were approved. And that's one of the reasons why... It went so fast. Why would you manufacture, spend billions of dollars to produce something before it was approved? That's never before, before in history been done. And that's part of the reason why the vaccine was, so, was done so quickly. And the reason was there was a lot of money, both in the government um, and private industry, too. We have to thank Wall Street investors, too. And the other thing is, and, and you just referred to it uh, when you mentioned the cancer, but um, uh, we have to realize that this vaccine and all the revolutionary aspects of it could lead uh, to scientists focusing on new challenges. And uh, you write about AIDS and malaria and multiple sclerosis and, of course, cancer, where we're hoping that there will, in fact, be vaccines and other types of therapeutics uh, that will develop because of this whole COVID-19 episode. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm hopeful. I don't want to stay optimistic. I don't want to get my hopes up too high. But the whole idea of mRNA, messenger RNA, is you send a message to the body to create 
a protein. In this case, it was the, the spike protein. We educated the body to fight off uh, this coronavirus. But hypothetically, and this is what scientists are working on right now, you can tell them the body to create any kind of protein um, and teach the body all kinds of lessons. And hypothetically, you could take on all kinds of viruses and diseases and illnesses. And um, I, all I can tell you is that the, the scientists, the people within these companies, in the labs, deep in these labs and these companies in Boston and elsewhere, they're, they're moving on to, and they're focusing on, on the next target and be it cancer, be it MS, be it something else that hounds our community, hounds others. So um, I'm, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Uh, how did you get to the conclusion that the virus likely emerged naturally as opposed to originating in a Wuhan lab? So, yeah. So, listen, uh, likely means, I'd say, I don't know, 80% chance. There's a 20% chance that uh, it leaked out. I don't think it was created by the Chinese. That would be kind of silly. We're going to create this this um, virus, um, lethal virus, and be so sure that it's not going to get all uh, spread throughout China. That's probably unrealistic. Did it leak out? It's possible that it leaked out. But, yeah, I'm more in the camp of uh, the fact that um, past viruses there have been so many. There have been other coronaviruses that, that were natural. This one, um, we, we don't have a host, an animal host. We haven't identified one yet. But it takes years sometimes. I mean, I, mean, I remember back in the days of AIDS, I mean, I was young, but I remember people pointing the finger at the CIA and KJB, and, uh, and then eventually they found the animal host. So I think that eventually we'll find the animal host that – started this whole um, new coronavirus. Very interesting. What do you think? Of, I mean, look, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're I, I get you're a journalist, did a lot of research. The book is amazing. It, it really answers a lot of questions and gives us a lot of hope uh, for both the present and the future, present meaning the uh, efficacy of the uh, COVID-19 vaccine and future because of what we discussed regarding uh, other things that the scientists are going to be pursuing or already pursuing. Uh, but, but what about the, you have to have, I assume, uh, some opinion about the uh, politicization of the entire episode and how, you know, depending on what side of the aisle you're on or where you come from politically, uh, it usually defines how you feel about every aspect of this uh, a pandemic, including the vaccine. Um, is that unavoidable in your research because it's just such a politicized uh, topic at this point? It's so sad and it's so frustrating. And um, I'm in a unique uh, position in, in, in shul. I'm to the left of a lot of people at work, I'm to, to, to the right of people. So I'm sort of a moderate in, in that way. And it, it's just so sad. It, to me, the problem is there aren't enough cir situations, circumstances where we get to meet people in today's society that don't think like we do. Nowadays, you, you read a Facebook post by someone who you agree with and you interact with people in shul or elsewhere with people you agree with. And you know, we, we don't really interact with, with others. And as a result, we kind of dismiss what they have to say or point a finger at them and accuse them of things. A, a few years ago, I wrote a book called The Frackers, and it was about this energy revolution, how all of a sudden we're, we're producing so much oil and gas in this country. And I traveled to little towns in Oklahoma and North Dakota and Texas and um, all over the country, Louisiana, and I got to know people, and it was the first time, and, you know, you sit across from someone, and, and you tell them, hey, I, sorry, I can't eat this because, uh, you know, I keep kosher, but I can drink a, a Coke with you or something, and, and they respect you, and they talk to you, and, they, and, and we have much more in common than you would think with others, people that seem different, and people on, on the left don't interact with the right and, and, and vice versa, and it's really sad to me, and um, uh, like everything else in society, this vaccine has become politicized, and it really shouldn't be. You can be wary, but look at the research and figure out how it, how it evolved. 
um, don't don't rely on your brother-in-law who put something on Facebook and, and I heard something on YouTube. You know, pick up a book or or, or get some information and, and try to be informed. But it doesn't have to be politicized. And yet, like everything else in society, it is. Uh, and one way to start uh, finding out about the research and investigating all of this is with your book. Gregory Zuckerman's book is entitled A Shot to Save the World, The Inside Story of the Life or Death Race for a COVID-19 Vaccine. The book is amazing, and I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Continued good luck to you. Thank you, and I love your show, so uh, keep up uh, your good work as well. Appreciate that very, very much. And a big thank you to Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler, who is the uh, spiritual leader of Congregation Avas Achimene, Jacob and David in West Orange, New Jersey, for connecting me to Gregory Zuckerman, uh, who is a, a Wall Street Journal uh, writer, uh, a special writer and uh, author of other books, aside from the one we discussed this morning, and he regularly appears on many media outlets, especially on the topic of business and finance. Thursday morning broadcast, more coming up at JM in the AM.